Hi everyone, and thanks for listening to Visibility, the monthly podcast produced by CID, the Council for Intellectual Disability. Here, we'll be telling our stories and exploring some of the issues that impact people with intellectual disability. To find out more about our work, visit www.cid.org.au. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Council for Intellectual Disability acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Listeners are advised that this podcast contains discussions about mental health and death. In this series... We talk to people with intellectual disability about the decisions and the choices they make in their lives. Today's guest is Lee, who lives in Newcastle, New South Wales. Lee is going to tell us about living independently, being an athlete, an activist, an advocate, an animal lover and wildlife protector and much more. My name is Raylene Griffiths. I'll be your host today. With me is my co-host, Lauren Bennett. Thanks, Raylene. Welcome, Lee, and thanks for joining us to talk about your life. Thank you. You are a very busy guy. How do you fit all your activities in? Yeah, uh, that's a really great question, uh, Raylene. I'm busy. I'm always out every day. I'm doing a lot of things. I do holidays. I spend time with my family. I spend time with my friends. I spend time with my support workers. I love getting into nature. So I'm pretty much out every day. I'm not always at home. You grew up in the Blue Mountains, west of Sydney, and in Newcastle. What was your childhood like? I was born in Penrith and raised in the Blue Mountains of Springwood. And and growing up uh, with Down syndrome has its ups and downs and lows like, like everyone else has in their life. How was school for you? It was good. I was in a mainframe primary when I was growing up in Springwood. But I did have a couple of problems with literacy. I used to scribble when I was a kid. I used to start a lot as well, being bullied. And then when we uh, moved to Newcastle, I was still in the mainframe and built my primary. And then from there, I was actually segregated to a special school for special needs. It was up to my mum and dad to make that decision, and I think they made the right decision for me. I had the best education possible. I was a, a school captain of my school, and I left when I was 18 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. That's fantastically. What responsibilities did you have as school captain? Doing assemblies, doing a lot of assembly speeches and stuff like that. It was awesome to be a school captain. Absolutely awesome. You grew up in a family of four brothers. Did you ever get up to any mischief? I did maybe some crazy little things here and there. Every time I get myself into trouble, I used to play my younger brother. He used to run away a lot. I got in trouble from my eldest brother for swinging on the um, gold-fashioned clothesline, those round fins. After that, I decided to run away. I used to see my auntie and uncle. I uh, went down to the bus stop, tried to catch a bus into town to get a train into Sydney. 
Uh, my next door neighbours uh, went to Mets and I actually put my, my, my name initials in that. So <laughs> I, I was a, a bit of a crazy person. I was a bit of a, a adventure person. I'm still in those crazy times. <laughs> it sounds like you had a very adventurous childhood. I did, I did. <laughs> Lee, did your brothers treat you any differently because of your intellectual disability? My second eldest brother and my youngest brother uh, treat me as one of their family. My eldest bro, he, he treats me differently because he has to be res- re- responsible for me, you know. Ever since Dad passed away, he had to be the responsible one. For some reason, I'm too much to handle. That's what he thinks. I can't even go camping with my eldest brother. I can go camping with my youngest and my second eldest. I have very emotional question, but good for other people to, to listen to this. Thanks for sharing that, Lee. You mentioned your dad's passing away. Yes. It happened when you were only 18. How did it affect your life? My dad passed away with a massive heart attack. I was actually there and I watched him and I couldn't do anything about it. The only thing I can do was hug him and kiss him and say that I miss you. Definitely, I help a struggle. And then there was times that I, I wanted to take my life to be with him. I didn't, and it didn't happen. For some reason, I was talked out of it from my family. I have a great life to lead, and, and I'm leading this life the way it, it's supposed to be. So, yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Lee. I understand that it still must be very, very difficult. Talking about it helps with me, definitely, 100%. Having gone through that, it sounds like it might have been an inspiration to live your life to the fullest. It happens to all families and you just have to enjoy life when you can. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Lee, you are so gifted and gentle and kind, but sometimes people with intellectual disability can get very angry like anyone else. Is that your experience too? A lot of people downstream do get angry and they all feel in different things in their lives. So that depends from their personality and where they come from. When I get angry, uh, you don't want to see it. Trust me, you don't want to see it. I, I really, I might scream, I might shout, uh, lose my temper, that, that type of stuff. All that stuff that comes from mental health and we all have mental health of some form. One of your many activities is powerlifting which is lifting heavy weights in competitions. Can you tell us about that? I started when I was in my teens, around 17, 18 years old. Definitely something I, I enjoy doing. I won a lot of medals and won, won a lot of trophies. And now getting back into it after two decades ago, now I got my first comp, which is this weekend actually, on Sunday. When I powerlift, I use all the... All the childhood stuff, all the, the stuff I, I've been through, I use that as a motivation. I'm known as the beast. <laughs> so you've got this haircut here, you may have seen it. A mohawk, that's it. Yeah. Actually going to be dyed pink so on, on Friday afternoon. So <laughs> I've been training for about four to five months and I can't wait to, to complete as the beast. Oh, that's amazing, Lee. Good luck for the weekend. How do you feel competing as the beast? Is it a kind of release for you? It is a release for me. Since my dad's passing, I was in a relationship 
think that didn't work out as well. All, all those things that I actually released, anger, frustration, that's a release for me. How does it feel when you win a competition? Feels great, feels awesome. I'm a bit of a person that I get very excited. Uh, the excitement gets the better of me sometimes. and uh, That's just who I am and I should be who I am every single day. <laughs> so, Lee, is there anyone special in your life at the moment? Uh, no, I'm single at the moment. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do have a special friend uh, that, that I see every couple of weeks or to a month, but she's a, a friend that, that I call her my sis. Mm. Um, her name's Casey, and we've we known each other for a long time. We work together, but no relationship, um, yeah. Are you looking? I am actually looking. Um, I do use uh, dating apps. I'm on Tinder. I'm on Bumble. But you have to pay dating apps to, to meet people. That That is so wrong. Where you can go do some speed dating and you go in there and you, you talk to that person firsthand without doing it online. So, yeah, I prefer speed dating. is much more uh, productive. Do you have a game plan for speed dating? Have a nice conversation and, you know, you go from one conversation to the next and they let it flow. A nice conversation with someone will be absolutely great. So what kind of things are you looking for in a partner? Someone who's outgoing, very spontaneous, very adventurous, uh, someone who can just, yeah, wow me and doing awesome things uh, to become friends with first and then go with that after two to three years. You know, as I talk about, you know, getting engaged and what, when I get married and have kids, but yeah, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful, Lee. So you potentially see marriage and children in your future. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I see getting married would be great for me and to become a husband to someone, to find my beauty. So I'm the base, so the base has to find his beauty. Um, and um, someday have kids. So I, I love to become a father. I'm really good with my nieces and nephews. I'm nine times an uncle and one time a great uncle. Um. Uh, her name is Elsie May. And she's absolutely gorgeous. She brings tears to my eyes when I see her. I love my hugs with her. And I, I love to spend more time with Elsie and spend time with all, all my family. What life lessons will you try to pass on to your children if you were to have them? I would uh, teach them about my disability. I would teach them it's okay to be you and I will teach them to love. Sounds like you would create beautiful little humans, Lee. Yeah. Thanks, Lee, for sharing your story with us. We'll now take a short break before returning to hear more of Lee's life experiences. You're listening to Visibility, the podcast produced by the Council for Intellectual Disability. If you're enjoying this episode, you can support us by reviewing us through Apple, Podchaser or your favourite listening app. Welcome back, everyone. Lee, you're a very independent person, but are there things in your life that you need support to do? I live on my own, been out for almost 11 years. When it comes down to low vision, that's where I need support with nighttime stuff. I need help with uh, transport. I need help with my cooking. So all that type of stuff. And I like going on holidays, and I can't do holidays on my own. I know your powerlifting helps 
as a kind of release for you. What else helps support your mental health? I do have uh, mental health of depression, anxiety. I also have a bit of OCD in me. I, I'm sort of a tidy and clean person. I don't like eating out of place. I have to make sure I've got everything in my bag for my daily routine when I go out. I do look after my mental health. One, when I go to palliative, all that mental health comes out of me, release the beast, and I release all my anger and on, on, onto the weights. When I went to the Blue Mountains with my uh, sister called Casey, I actually got dressed in drag. Wow. And putting makeup on, and that was also a, a, a relief for me as well. So uh, my mental health has gone away when I put makeup on and ladies' clothes on. Mm. It, it actually went away. All these things that I'm doing, it actually helps me with my losing weight, getting me back to the space that I'm supposed to be at. Lee, can you tell us about how it makes you feel when you dress in drag and what you enjoy about it? It's like getting dressed up, getting on the stage, perform. It feels like my mental health has gone just for a little bit. Have you heard of drag syndrome in the, in the States? Yes. I've seen videos of drag syndrome. They look amazing. So what I want to do, I want to bring drag syndrome down under so people with Down syndrome can uh, get dressed in drag mm. and have fun with it and to perform on stage and just enjoy a whole lot of awesome stuff. And when you're in drag, do you like to dance or sing? What kind of performances do you do? I like uh, cabaret, dancing, singing, you name it. It's a bit of everything. I like just uh, flexing my muscles and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> you are involved in a number of environmental causes. Why is caring for the environment important to you? Absolutely. People have a right to speak about the environment uh, with people with disabilities. They don't show, but they do feel it. I've been involved with the Wilderness Society two to three years ago now, and we do, we do a lot of stuff around looking after our beach life, looking after our land, look, looking after our animals. And you formed the group Green Earth Peers. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, yeah, so I formed the group Green Earth Peers. We talk about all different types of stuff. We talk about what's happening in their own lives around the environmental climate change and stuff like that. And we also talk about the issues that people with disabilities are facing in the environmental sector. There's a, a lot of issues that needs to be addressed. We all need a voice and we all need a speaker, especially around the uh, climate and in the wilderness in this space. Was there something you experienced growing up that encouraged you to speak up and get involved with different issues? I've seen a lot of people with disability not having a voice and not being heard. I was one of them. Everyone had control over my life, not just my parents, but my teachers. What I want to do out of that now, it's now that I'm on a motivational public speaker and I'm speaking everywhere for different things or writing my first book and the stuff that I want to include in the future, like going to New York and speak at the United Nations would be the dream. Keep pushing it and keep pushing it and keep pushing it. Eventually they'll listen to me. A lot of people with disability feel they don't have a voice or are not given a voice. Yes. Is it relevant for me to ask how it feels to have a voice? It is very relevant. I mean, having a voice feels that you're in control of everything you want to do in your life. 
Mm. And it feels great to help other people to have a voice as well. Now, Lee, you have spoken to big crowds. Even as a young person, I think you were 13 when you started public speaking. Do you have any techniques that you use to make it easier for you? I've been public speaking for a very long time. I used to perform a lot in Elton Drug costume, the glasses, the glitter, you name it. I use that performance into speaking gigs. And I remember speaking at a big event in Sydney and I was in front of 500 people once. I even co-hosted many with celebrities. Definitely a dream to be on the world stage, going around the world, traveling, public speaking. It actually shows the importance of what people with Down syndrome can do. And my dad's in heaven saying, that's my boy, that's my son. What's next? And I'm still clocking goals one at a time. Well, what's next? You said you were writing a book at the moment. What's it about? I wrote about my life uh, living with Down syndrome, around segregation, adoption, all that type of stuff, all the absolute work that I've done over many years, mental health as well in that book, low expectations, discrimination, basically my whole life since I was born. Now I'm 44, so definitely. Lee, what advice do you have for anybody who wants to work to improve society and the environment? Great question. My advice is be who you are and speak up about, about your passions, about your own passions and have, your, and have your own journey. Be natural, be honest, be clear in what, what you want to speak about and talk about from your own experiences and not from other people's experiences. Don't compare yourself to others. What does the future hold for you? Um, my future is motivational public speaking, having my business, traveling, writing more books, a lot of advocacy work. I sell myself around the world. Speak at, you know, the Parliament House in Canberra will be another future goal. Competing as a Paralympian with my powerlifting. Yeah, that's where I'll see myself in the future. Well, John. And when you're not working, Lee, where do you like to go on holidays? I've been to America and been to Hawaii. been to New Zealand quite a few times done skydiving and stuff like that. You know, what I want to do in New Zealand is to bungee jump, take one adventure to the next. My dream holiday is to go to the Greek Islands where Mum and Mia was held in there. Oh, Lee, that sounds beautiful. If people are interested in learning more about you and your advocacy, where can they find you? My website is leecrighton.com. That's my business website, leecrighton.com. My Twitter is leecrighton, my facial speaker. My Facebook is leecrighton. My LinkedIn should be all under leecrighton. Check it out on all those platforms. Thanks, Lee, for sharing your story today. Thank you for giving me this time, this opportunity to speak. Just want to say thank you. And thanks so, so much, Lee, for sharing with us those things that were very emotional for you. It was hard to share, uh, but it's good to share. And for everyone listening, thank you as well. Join us next month when we will share more stories from people with intellectual disability about the decisions and choices they make in their lives. You're listening to Visibility, the podcast produced by the Council for Intellectual Disability. If you're enjoying this episode, you can support us by reviewing us through Apple, Podchaser or your favourite listening app.